Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Yevamos for Daf HaShavua as we study Daf Kuf Yud Gimel. And we look forward to a new parak, a parak that's going to deal a lot with issues of Choresh and Chareshet. And what I'm going to do in today's year, and you'll see how today's year, next week's year, Daf Kuf Yud Gimel and Kuf Yud Dal are going to be very much connected. I want to set up some of the principles that are really going to help us determine whether a case of a cheresh uh, chareshes, whether they could be fully uh, responsible individuals with all the same obligations as a person who is able to hear and speak. <clears throat> now, the one thing I want to point out is that even in a situation where someone is not able to speak or hear, and the Gemara, when the Gemara says a cheresh chareshes, the term that's used, I don't know today if it's a politically correct term to use, a deaf-mute, sounds very harsh term. That's discussing someone who can't speak and cannot hear. It doesn't mean that this person is, God forbid, excluded from the community. That all the halachos of uh, being good to a Jew, saving a Jew, etc., would not apply. Obviously, the person still created B'Tselem Kim. It's going to be somewhat of a technical issue, technical with a lot of practical effects. And what I'm going to try to explain, aside from the Yavam Yavama issue, where you get into Sveikos Drabanon, if this marriage is valid or not, is to try to broaden it. There's a great opportunity to do this. I think we discussed some of this back when we were learning (coughs) Mesechus Rosh Hashanah. And to show how many advancements have been made, which leads to a major question about whether these halachos are at all relevant today. There was an article that was written uh, many years ago. I think it was in the 1980s by Rabbi uh, J.D. Bleich. You could find it in his book, Contemporary Halachic Issues, Volume 2. Many of, uh, if not all, of the articles in his Contemporary Halachic Problems, I think there are four, were originally published in the Tradition Journal of the RCA. There was a more updated article around 10 years ago that was printed in the RGJ Journal by Rabbi Moshe Taub in 2012. And many, many chuvos of the gedolim of our time, even though these issues are already discussed uh, in the 1600s, 1700s, I'll mention some of it today, where you do have some advancements being made in training the Cheresh community. Now, we already saw in our, uh, on Kufyud Bays, some form of sign language that was used um, through Remiza, which did not elevate a person from being a Cheresh to a non-Cheresh. We also have Gemaras where there was um, reading of the lips that would take place, where we had Amarayim who would sit in the front of the classroom. So this is a, <clears throat> an evolving issue. And the main thing that I want to try to discuss today, which we'll see how much time we take on it, and it'll really, I think, set us up properly uh, for next week's year as well, is to make a basic uh, distinction. Because you will find this distinction <clears throat> in the post already going back to the times of Rishonim. When you say that someone is considered to be a cheresh or a chareshet, does that mean that it's categorical? It's so part of who they are 
that no matter what, no matter how much they're able to learn, no matter how much they're able to be educated, no matter how much their minds are able to develop through different modes of communication, they're still going to be categorized as a cheresh, shota, or a katan. Now, obviously, a katan is going to grow into a gadol. The shota, you'll have similar questions, but I'm going to specifically focus here on the cheresh for male, chereshet for a woman. And maybe it's just a question of the fact that they can't be educated. Or is it categorical? You know, there's a fascinating Gatshuva, the Chassam Sofer, who says that these halachas, you can find this in Ebena Ezer, Bez Bez, that these halachas are halacha Moshe Messinai. We don't have for this parak a source in the Torah, but even according to, to the Chassam Sofer, halacha Moshe Messinai, you could say, is for someone who is a cheresh, where it was assumed that a person who couldn't hear and a person who couldn't speak couldn't be properly educated. There would be a, uh, it was a developmental issue in their mental competence. And as Rashi points out, both in Chagiga, Gimel Aleph, and Gimel Amad Aleph, you find it on these Dapim as well. Rashi goes with the approach that it's Das, that what's lacking, let's say in Cheresh, is the knowledge that's requisite to be able to perform mitzvahs. In our situation, to be a Yavam or Yavama. We're not going to, when it comes to modern-day erison, uh, kiddushin, nisuin, we require that the person is aware of the consequences of their actions. There needs to be some level of kavana. Now, everybody has a different IQ. We're not expecting everybody to be a genius, but there has to be a knowledge, the basic framework of what is happening, lahalacha. So these are really uh, some very fascinating issues. Now, Rabbi Blech brings in his uh, piece, <clears throat> that in 1971, there was a, a deaf mute, that's the way he's referred to, in the, this woman is referred to, Chareshas, I like that term better, who came to Eretz Yisrael from Iran, and she was able to use sign language. She could also speak a bit of uh, Farsi, which is the language of uh, Iran, but her speech was uh, barely comprehensible. So, she ends up coming in front of a Bezdin of Tel Aviv for Geiris purposes, and they reject her Geiris. And they point to this Gemara. Now, there was huge opposition to this. You could imagine in the media, and this is discrimination. This is what they claimed. Now, that would not be enough of a reason, halacha, to allow this person to be a Yavam, a Yavama. I was showing you how it all matches up. Or to have Geiris. A person who converts, we've learned this in Masechus Yavamas, has to have full knowledge. Keep in mind that someone asked me this question on Shabbos. Well, maybe you could do it al das bezdin, but that was by a ger katan. A ger katan doesn't have the knowledge, but it's done al das bezdin. And then once the katan or the katana becomes of age, they have the ability to do what we've seen. Remember the Mion situation, like we had... Same type of thing where you have to tell, I've been involved in the situation. You have someone who's adopted, and then it comes to their bar mitzvah. Before the bar mitzvah, not the day of the bar mitzvah, you have to ask them, do you want to be a religious Jew? A lot of it's going to depend on how they were raised. Imagine if the answer is no. Fascinating situation and tragic situation. So here, when it comes to a... Um, 
a katan, they're going to become adults. But if you have a cheresh or chereshet, al das bezdin, but this person is never going to have a chance to do a mion because they're never going to grow out of being a cheresh or a chereshet, so you can't do it al das bezdin. On the other hand, right, this is the, so this bezdin decided no way. Now again, we can't decide this just on emotional reasons. That brings us back to Parshas, I happen to be recording this year, between, it's never a coincidence, between Parshas Korach and Parshas Chukas. We have certain halachas, as we see in Parshas Chukas, we don't understand the reason. And that's true even when it seems not to be fair. We explained, according to Rabbi Salavechik, based on the Medrash Rabbah, that, in, uh, I mentioned in a shir this past Shabbos, he calls the common sense rebellion of Korach. It's not fair that, according to him, not everybody has the exact same rights. There's another approach that's found in the Medrash, a more progressive argument in the Yachut Shemoni, that... Why should that? What Karach was saying is that the poor people are going to have all these halachas of giving away money to the kohanim, so they're being abused by the system. And you could use the same type of argument. We're so sensitive today to people. We don't even want to use the term disabilities. You don't want to say that a player is on a disabled list. It's the injured list. Which Baruch Hashem, we're very careful and sensitive about the language. But at the end of the day, the halachic system still wins the day, not our emotions, not what we think are the rights. We have to surrender to a halachic system. Now we have to understand the halacha. So this ends up being a big discussion, and it's important to know this discussion in general, uh, because this is the way halacha works, and specifically as it would apply to these cases. How do we deal with the cheresh and the charesha? Let me throw out something else, which is discussed by the poskim. Let's say someone is born <clears throat> with full use of their ears, Baruch Hashem, and full use of speech, which we should never take for granted, but then due to an illness, let's say chas v'shalom meningitis, or due to an accident, a car accident, they lose their hearing and speech. What status do they go into now? If it's just, you know, this is the rule straight across the board, that if you can't hear and speak, doesn't mean you shouldn't do them, but you're not obligated. And then there's going to be a question, to, could you get married and still have a same level of marriage? Do you have the das or not? So if it's across the rule, across, we just say it's a chok, this is the law, then you're going to say, unfortunately, the person is going to be outside of obligations and responsibilities. But if it is tied exclusively into das, and it's a question of being educated, so you are educated, and you did develop the mental capacity to know exactly what's happening, you just, Rahman al-Islam, lost it, but it's not like you have a memory loss that everything comes out. So this is really why this is such a uh, huge topic. And today, Baruch Hashem, there are so many advances um, with hearing aids. It's a challenge when people get older. Some people get older and they lose the ability to hear as well. <clears throat> it is a challenge even with modern day hearing aids and the questions that come up about Shabbos and Halacha. What does that do? How about um, a cochlear implant, which is not just making uh, the sound louder, which is basically what a hearing aid does, but it's more built into <clears throat> the system 
of the way the uh, hearing works. Again, I'm not a scientist, but some are more lenient, let's say la halacha, or you'd say even stricter to include a person with a cochlear implant than, as opposed to a hearing aid. So let me go through some basics, <coughs> and then we'll um, be able to tie this back into our Gemara with some more cases next week. So I pointed out this case that happened in Eretz Israel in 1971, and it was not just the street that felt that uh, Besden and Tel Aviv made a wrong decision. There were many great Rabbanim in that time that felt that the Besden was not learning these sugyas correctly, including the sugyas here in this parak in Mesechus Yavamos, and that they were looking at things only from one perspective that's found in Rishonim, and especially in Achronim, earlier Achronim, that it's, by definition, a person is a cheirish necharashet, even if you use artificial forms of hearing or speaking, then that person is going to be still excluded. But then there's a whole other side to it. Now, what I want to point out as well, before we get back into this issue, is something that you may find a little surprising. We have a category that shomea ve'ino medaber. A person could hear and can't speak. The Shulchan Aruch says straight out, halacha l'maysa, reish lamed hey yud tes, that this person is responsible, l'halacha, has fully responsible and has all the obligations, benefits, etc. if they're not able to speak. Now, here, we don't make the split between whether it is based on their physical status or based on their knowledge, their mental competence, because the assumption is that as long as you could hear, then you could be educated, and we don't even have to get into the question of whether you're a cheirish or That category does not stick to you. Now, Ramosha in a tshuva vigorous Moshe, just to show you how nuanced this discussion is, in Evan Ezer, Gimel, Lamed Gimel, he says that you have to at least be able to hear speech. So it's not just that you could hear a little bit, a little noise, a bus passing by, but you have to hear speech. But there were other poskim, such as uh, Rav Benzion Uziel, who's a famous Rav in Eretz Yisrael, and his Mishpate Uziel, Evan Ezer, says that even if you could hear through artificial usage, you're not a cheresh. And even if you hear only very loud speech, right, that would be okay. I mean, I think Ramosha would even agree to that situation, where only if it's very loud speech, without the benefit of anything artificial. Ramosha didn't feel, at least in that shuva, <coughs> that a hearing aid would be enough to t- call a person a shomea. But many poskim today disagree, and you have to keep in mind that Ramosha passed away in 1986, I believe, there's been tremendous progress in the educational system. In fact, we have a story that's recorded by the Ksav Sofer. The Ksav Sofer is the uh, son of the Ksam Sofer. They all called Soferim, Schreiber. And the grandson is the Shevet Sofer. So the Shevet Sofer, in his Chuvos, Evan Ezer, Chaf Aleph, he talks about a trip 
that his father took, the Ksavsofer, took to, to Vienna. And he was invited to visit a uh, place that was called the Vienna Institute of Deaf and Dumb. Again, we don't use that term dumb today. And he said what he was able to see there was that based on the training, the people were so accomplished that he ended uh, up with a decision that these people who maybe in the past would have been considered to be a cheresh, chereshet, are now chayev in the mitzvahs with the obligations. Some want to say he ended up in a suffolk. It doesn't seem so clear. And we do have a tshuva, a more recent tshuva, of Rav Herzog, Rav Yitzhak Halevi Herzog, and Evan Ezer Bey's Mem Zion, who said that you're definitely going to be Suffolk plus, which means when it comes to obligations with hearing aids and even without hearing aids, if you have sign language and you have the ability to communicate, whatever message it is, but since the educational system is so strong, then you're going to have at least for people who in the past would have been Cheresh or Chereshet, what we call a Suffolk Doraisa, where we're going to be strict about it. Now, how this would apply to Yavam and Yavama, in a way, it gets back into our Gemara, because here we have in our Gemara situations where it's Durabanan. But here, you're going to end up with a Suffolk Doraisa, where you're going to end up being stricter as far as the requirements. Now, even in the time of two, three hundred years ago, this controversy continued. Some would say it even continues today, but you're going to find much less, much less, many less postcom today that want to put any limitations to be able to categorize a person as a cheresh or a chereshet. There is a very important tshuva, just to be fully intellectually honest, but this again goes back to the 17th century of the Tzemach Tzedek. This is not the Tzemach Tzedek, the Lubavitch Rebbe. And in Tshuva uh, Ayin Zayin, he says that you could give me the most intellectual, highly developed cheresh or chereshet, but the bottom line is, if even if they could write, it's still a cheresh. And others disagreed. Others had the same opinion. But again, this goes back to our question, whether we look at it categorically or is it just due to mental development? Now, as I pointed out, when it comes to a Shomea ve'ino medaber, we're not going to call that person a cheresh or chereshet. And you also have discussed in the Shulchan Aruch and many other places as well, a medaber ve'ino shomea. Medaber ve'ino shomea is a person who could speak but can't hear. This person is, again, assumed not to be a cheresh or a chereshet. Now, some of the Akronim discuss whether it's even possible to speak without the possibility of hearing. But we're not going to get into that question today. The Divrei Chaim, the great uh, Sanza Rebbe and Evna Ezer, Bez, Ayin Bez, said any speech, which is similar to what we saw with some of the Achronim, any hearing, any ability to speak. And today, again, there have been many advances with speech therapists, with audiologists, with other methods to develop speech. So these are just... Uh, some of the ideas that you find in the framework. Now, I want to point out, which I think is something very compelling, even though we have Acheronim that seem to disagree, and they're going to have to have Rishonim to support them. I recently learned uh, Meseches Truma as part of uh, Mishnah Yomi, and I came across a Rambam 
on the Mishnayis. The Rambam wrote early in his life, wrote a parish on the Mishnayis. You have this explicitly in the Avadya Batanura, the Rav, Amisechas Trumas Aleph Beis, first uh, parak, second Mishnah, that a person who is able to be trained, even though they are a Cheresh and a Chereshet, in the ways of the Torah, in understanding these halachos, we are going to treat them 100% as a not Cheresh and a Chereshet. And this is incredible. The Minchas Shlomo, Shlomo Zaman Orbach, in his uh, first volume of Tshuva, Salamidalit, acknowledges that maybe things would be different today if Chazal knew, which again is supportive of this approach. Now, I just want to give one last caveat before I end this year. This is not generally the way we look at halacha, that it changes based on which generation we're living in. But what we're really dealing here with is a scientific question. That's what these Rishonim would say. And just because there was a science at the time of the Gemara, or a science at the time of uh, the Rishonim, or science of 100 years ago, if we have new information, then categories could change. We're not going to do this with a katan and a katana. We're not going to do this with a man or a woman that we're going to change the status. But when it comes to something in this area <coughs> where it's based on developmentally, the level of education, especially you see today the integration into the general community, then changes could take place. Again, there's going to be another side that says they can't, and there'll be a middle position that we're in the realm of suffering. Have a great week of learning.